Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the word and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I bring to you part four of a four-part series entitled All In, with today's message specifically titled Commit, uh, based off of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, and John chapter 3, verse 16. So let us dive into the word today. First, from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and truly holy. And now from John chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. On this Commitment Sunday, we can play it safe, or go all in. Now, I have shared my call story with you in the past. However, it will serve a great purpose to share it once again. And the earliest I can remember being called was around three years old when I used to use my parents' eight-track tape tower as a pulpit, and I would preach things in my toddler voice. God says, love one another. And then... There was this time when I was three or four and in the hospital with a viral infection in my blood. And that almost killed me, but when I recovered, I woke and started proclaiming Jesus healed me. I felt the call strongly at the age of 10 or 12 as well, and I often thought I would become a pastor. However, things changed when I got into my teenage years, and... I slowly began to distance myself from the church, and eventually I, I, I left it altogether. It wasn't until I was 26 years old that I came back to the realization, to the memory, that I was called. I had seen The Passion of the Christ and was profoundly impacted by that film. It brought me back to Christ because I kept going back to the, to the fundamental question. Why would anyone willingly endure what Jesus did for people who sin against him left and right? I had rejected the church. And in some ways, I had rejected Jesus. And yet, there he was, reminding me how much I was loved. Why? <laughs> Who am I that God would save me, that God would die for me? I had lost my job, was at wit's end, and uh, I took a leap of faith, throwing myself all in to answer the call Christ put on me. And that was some risky business. Ask my wife, ask my kids, let me, let me tell you. 
In 2004, I enrolled back in SCCC to finish my uh, associate's degree, transferred to Montclair State University in 2005, then to Drew University, Drew Theological School in 2007. In 2010, I was writing my call statement to the District Committee on Ministry and meeting annually before them. All of this before even knowing if I would ever be approved as a candidate, let alone for ordination. Let me tell you in ministry, there are no promises made. There are no guarantees. The church isn't just going to let anybody become a pastor. I could have borrowed nearly $100,000 in student loans for absolutely no reason. I could be in debt paying off loans for a job I never got. Imagine that risk. Also imagine why most pastors are second career folks as opposed to young and straight out of seminary. There's a lot of risk there. Quite frankly, for a young person to not be guaranteed a job after college, which is becoming more and more reality for most students, that's a lot of money to have to pay off because you're not just talking about undergrad, you're talking about graduate level costs as well. I want you to think back to what we have learned so far in this series. We have learned that going all in for Jesus involves risk. It's risky business being a disciple of Jesus because we are being asked to forsake all else and follow Jesus unconditionally. This is serious stuff. Not for the faint of heart. Just like Peter... James and John, who left their nets, families, friends, and passed behind, we are also called to take the risk, which Christ promises to be worth it. The question is, do we trust Christ? We have learned that being the church means that we are working for the common good of all, not just a few. The church is not just a social club or a self-serving clique, but rather, we are to put the common good above our own self-interest, just as Jesus did for us. Remember, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, or as in the New Living Translation, which was read to you earlier, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus went all in for the common good. And going all in for Jesus means we will begin to do the same. We've learned that we are to go all in for Jesus with no strings attached. When we add strings or conditions to our following Christ or to doing ministry, we are really not going all in for him. Rather, we must serve Christ with no strings attached, using our gifts to bless not only our local congregation, 
but to bless the wider community as well. And you will remember I listed a number of ways our congregation has been doing that. But I failed to mention the trustees and the wonderful work they do. John, Joe, and Beulah are building liaisons. Jay and Linda and Fred and Shirley, the whole crew. You've all seen the excellent work that Jay has done with the wall outside and other various projects he's, he's involved in. If you are attending my congregation, you've all seen that. If not, trust me, the work, it looks phenomenal. Fred and John have spent countless hours working to upkeep the parsonage. These people silently serve in the background to make sure we have a pristine, beautiful, and sa- we have pristine, beautiful, and sacred facilities to serve the wider community from. The trustees' ministry is a ministry of unconditional love, no strings attached. And we've all been called and gifted to serve. God calls us, like the early church in Acts, to be all in, sharing those gifts for the betterment of the world. But friends, let me make this very clear. Going all in requires commitment. At some point, we've all encountered a moment where we have had to take the risk of committing to some life change, maybe a new job or or moving or Who knows? We've all been at a point where we've had to do that. One reason people resist change is they focus on what they have to give up rather than what they might gain. You know what I'm saying? We often fear what we lose without ever considering what we're gaining. And you see this all the time, especially in the church. You know, if a pastor decides to switch up the worship service, there'll be a lot of people grieved at the fact that the traditional way that church worshiped is changing. But oftentimes that change isn't change getting rid of one thing, but adding another. And so you're not losing the traditional way of worship, you're just adding to it and gaining something out of it. But we focus on what we lose so much quicker and so much easier than we do on what we might gain. We get stuck in the decision-making process, reluctant to take the next step. But if we want to move forward and see real change, friends, commitment is necessary. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, the Apostle Paul uses the imagery of putting on new clothes to describe the life of faith. Through grace, God makes us a new creation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul wrote, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. We do not and cannot make ourselves new. But when we recognize that Christ has already done the work to make us new, we are called to live differently. We have to, quote, clothe ourselves with the new self, end quote. Thank you, Paul. What good is being made new if we do not live in new ways? 
if we do not live into our new selves. And honestly, a new life cannot help but live in new ways by default, right? It's a new life. <laughs> but honest, but beyond that, imagine giving a gift to somebody, something brand new, only to see it sitting in the box 12 months later. That would be strange and hurtful enough. Now, imagine that person stating that they really enjoyed the gift. It was the greatest gift they'd ever received. They loved it so much, they couldn't use it enough. Would that fool you? <laughs> of course that wouldn't fool you. You can see the gift still sitting there, never used, unopened in the box. And it's not going to fool God. It will not fool God. God can see our unused gifts sitting in their boxes. This new life, which unto itself is a new gift, is a gift. This new life requires commitment from us. Paul describes what this looks like in today's reading. It is throwing off our old sinful nature and former ways and continuing to be renewed in the spirit of our minds, growing ever more like God in true righteousness and holiness. For some, this may sound overwhelming. The point is not that we must suddenly become perfect, friends. This isn't about us being perfect. It's not about us always getting it right all the time. But that we choose to say yes to what God is doing in us. Of course we're going to get it wrong. But if our answer by default to God is yes, God will have us getting it right more times than we get it wrong. And when we do, God's going to pick us up again and our answer is still yes. Yeah, when we choose to say yes to what God is doing in us, and fully commit to the process of growth and renewal, that's when sanctification begins to happen. A distinctive emphasis of John Wesley, the leader of the Methodist movement, was that Jesus' work of salvation does not end with forgiveness and pardon of sin. He called that justifying grace and compared it to the doorway of a house. Jesus continues to work in us and make our lives new and make us reflections of God in the world. Wesley called this work sanctifying grace and compared it to being inside the house after we've walked through the doorway. Although we can only take that step by grace, it is a step we must take if we do not want to stand in the doorway forever. This, friends, this is commitment. I want to highlight that the life of faith is not just about receiving a new self, but also about a new way of life, which comes as a result of that new self. Being all in will require reordering your priorities. 
But that reordering, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, will lead you to draw closer to Christ and to become an even more effective witness for the kingdom. For instance, let's say that you are a person who's been driven by success and material gain. That drive is no doubt a gift from God, and unto itself the drive is neither good nor bad, it just is. However, going all in for Jesus might mean utilizing your ambition for the glory of God instead of for yourself, which could come in the form of philanthropy or the creation and direction of new ministries or just about any other possibility out there. The sky is the limit. Now, I used a financial example above because that's the easiest one that comes to mind. Yet this is not just about money but an all-encompassing commitment in life to live in a way that honors God financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Everything we do should be lived in a way that honors God. We can be a more powerful witness to the kingdom of God when we are all in together. When we do this as a community and not not just alone as individuals. Friends, I want you to see the big picture. Sisters and brothers, I want you to see the big picture and why us going all in together is so vital. And it is vital. If we went all in for Jesus in the kingdom, considering just a few of our major ministries, We could be actively inviting people to worship and bringing in new people to the fold. We could be connecting them to our church, a.k.a. faith community. We could be growing them in their faith, relationship, and discipleship. We could be equipping them to serve out in the mission field, our community. Connect, grow, equip. We could be doubling the expansion of our Treasures of Hope thrift shop ministry under Linda's leadership and tripling its impact in the community. So many people tell me what a blessing Treasures is to them. We could be known by the community as the church who really loves its community. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? Friends, it will be amazing when we go all in together and commit to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's commit. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you and praise you for this, again, this inspirational but challenging message. We are called to commit to go all in for you, Lord. And I just pray that the people who have been blessed by this this word that you have given us the last four weeks, I I pray that they will choose to say yes to you, to go all in for you, as you have gone all in for us. Give us the strength and the grace to do so. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, This one, this message, uh, again, recorded directly after the last message. This one's going to be showing up on time, so you'll be listening to this on Sunday uh, or thereafter. Uh, And again, I apologize about the previous week. Uh, Just things got hectic. 
But uh, all the same, it is a pleasure to bring these messages to you week in, week out. Thank you for tuning into them. I pray they bless you. I, play, I pray they are transformational for you. And uh, if this has blessed you in such a way and you find this to be your main spiritual nourishment for the week, uh, our church would be blessed by your generosity if you would choose to go all in and commit uh, and pledge. You can pledge or you can um, or you can just give online. Uh, but, but either way, the links are there in the episode notes. Uh, and we would appreciate that if you if you felt that call to do so. Uh, of course, if the, you, this is supplemental and you attend another church, by all means support that church. They need it too. And if you have it in you to support both of us, none of us will complain. Uh, we will greatly appreciate your generosity, and it will go to serve the kingdom of God. So, again, give as you can. But in all things, remember you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace. <laughs>